0: Thank you for listening to The Life Church of Kansas City, Missouri. Consider supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com, subscribing, and sharing this message with your friends. God bless you. Let's look to the word of the Lord tonight in the book of Romans, chapter 4, verses 13 through 25. I want to speak the subject, faith fulfills God's promises. Faith fulfills God's promises. Verse 13 For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of no effect. Because the law brings about wrath, for where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith. That it might be according to the grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who he believed God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did who contrary to hope and hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken so shall your descendants be and not being weak in faith he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred and twenty years old or excuse me a hundred years old sorry I had my mind on the upper room 120 hundred years old excuse me (laughs) And the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore it was accounted to him for righteousness. Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us It shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was delivered up because of our offenses and was raised because of our justification. Praise God. Faith fulfills God's promises. Let me hear you say faith. Faith is how you get your hopes to come to pass faith is the results of things that were once unseen you know when god speaks i know we sing songs like god said it that settles it i believe it i love that there are some things that god speaks and no matter what anybody does no matter who fights it even the devil himself it is going to come to pass you know for instance god told noah i am done with the earth And I'm going to bring something upon the world that it has never seen, a flood. Because at that time, there were no floods. There was no rain. Only a mist had come up from the ground to water the whole earth. And God warned Noah of things unseen. And he said, you've got 120 years to save your family. You can do so by building an ark. It wasn't like God was saying, Noah, whenever you finish the boat, that's when I'll send the flood. Or Noah, whenever the world gets so wicked, I'll just send the flood. Oh, no, God said, you've got 120 years. That's how long my spirit will strive with men from now until that day. And sure enough, 120 years passed, and the flood came. And thank the Lord that Noah moved with fear, moved with action, built that ark, and the humankind was spared. That is just simply God's word coming to pass. But then you have times when God's word is spoken And it's waiting on us to put into action our faith to get something to come to pass. You know, for instance, Peter and the disciples, they're in the boat. They're scared for their lives for there's a great storm. And they look out through the water and in the moonlight, they see a man walking upon the sea that was very unusual. And they had old tales back then of fishermen drowning in the sea and their ghost would haunt the face of the waters. That's why Peter thought it was possibly a ghost. And Jesus said, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter, in his faith, he said, Lord, if it is you, let me walk on this water. And he said, come on out of the boat. That was a response to the word of God. But Peter, getting out there on the water, took his eye and began to walk on the water just like his Lord, took his eyes off God, began to doubt, began to fear, and he began to sink Because the word of the Lord in that moment, in that time, in that type of instance cannot be fulfilled if there is the spirit of fear. But when you have faith with words like that, what God said would happen will happen. Paul is writing to the Roman church, the Roman Christians. And there were many there at that time that were knowledgeable of the word of God, knowledgeable of the law of Moses, knowledgeable of the Psalms and the history and the prophets and things like that. And they were so experienced and so learned in the writings of God that they were having trouble having faith in God. They thought it was all about the writing, all about what was in the law, all about what Moses said. And Christianity bringing the new covenant, the new plan of God, and grafting the Gentile church and bringing the lost house of Israel all into one in Christ. Paul had to write to help settle some of their misunderstandings according to the law. And he talks about Abraham. He said, Abraham, our father, the one that gave us the covenant, the one that brought about, you know, our land, our territory, our forefather. Did he obtain the promise of God through the law of Moses? And obviously the answer is no. Moses wasn't even alive then. Moses is a descendant of Abraham. And Paul says, Abraham did not follow God based upon what the book said. He did not obtain the promises of God through what the book said. He didn't receive a destiny. He didn't see, receive a calling. He didn't receive blessings. He didn't re- receive success or any of those things based upon what was written. It was all about what God spoke. And because Abraham responded to that, Paul says the righteousness of faith was added to him. Now, is Paul saying that you no longer need the book? Absolutely not. For Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy this law. I didn't come to sh- sh- throw it away and get rid of it. He said, no, I came to fulfill this law because there was things in the old covenant. It's like it had gaps. It's like it was hollowed out and had empty spaces. And what Jesus said is I came to fulfill all of those empty spaces and to bring a wholeness to God's plan for humanity. And you can see the type and shadows of Jesus doing this all throughout the Old Testament. But in particularly tonight through the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But focusing mostly upon Abraham. You see, the Jews back then, there was a lot of debate between the Jewish Christians and the Gentile Christians. Mainly over three things. Sabbath. Sabbath diet, and circumcision. Sabbath, circumcision, and diet. You know, Sabbath was a big thing. You know, God said, keep the Sabbath, for it is holy. But Jesus came to become the new covenant. And he began to teach things like, take my yoke upon you. He said, all of you that are of heavy labor, heavy labor, come unto me, and I will give you rest. Jesus taught things like, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. Now, I believe in rest. I believe you should take time and go away. Even Jesus himself would depart for a while. But you and I in the New Covenant Church do not keep Sabbath by on Saturdays, not turning on any of our light switches, not hitting microwave, you know, the button on our microwave to warm up some popcorn or anything like that. By not walking more than a quarter of a mile. Oh, no, you and I keep Sabbath anytime you and I praise the Lord Jesus Christ. You and I are experiencing Sabbath anytime you and I pray, anytime you and I read the word. You and I are experiencing the Sabbath of the Lord Jesus Christ. And ultimately, when we get into heaven, that Sabbath is going to be fulfilled. Can you say amen? Again, I believe in taking a day off. I take a day off. I try to sometimes. But you and I, when we keep Sabbath, we are keeping it by keeping the laws of Christ. Because if you have Jesus, you have the Sabbath. He fulfilled all. Praise the Lord. He is the day star. He is the day. Praise God. Amen. When it comes to circumcision, it wasn't just something that a man did. But rather, when the new covenant came, it wasn't just a part of a person. But rather, it was the entire body of a person that becomes circumcised, both men and women. And it begins in baptism, burying the old person and coming up a new person in Christ. But ultimately, it is taking away the flesh, the carnality that is within our hearts and becoming new in him, in his covenant. God still requires circumcision, but it's truly circumcision of the heart circumcision of carnality that is what's done in the new covenant praise the lord and when it came time for diet you know god in the beginning made all things good god did not make anything bad everything that he made was good but to fulfill the law of moses and to be separate from the canaanites there was a different type of diet that they had back then well jesus christ came to restore that which was lost to recover things that had gone bad And it's a long story, but ultimately you get in the book of Acts and Peter is up there at noon, lunchtime. He's about to go down and all of a sudden a sheet comes down with all kinds of unclean beasts in it. And the voice of the Lord comes to him and he says, Arise, slay and eat. And Peter says, I can't do that. Those are unclean animals. And the Lord said, Do not call unclean what I have cleansed. You see, in the Old Testament, in the Jewish way, only a rabbi could say this food is cleansed. You know, vegetables and produce, all of that had to be sown in a kosher field, you know, and not tilled every other seventh year or things like that. And, and only clean beast, you know, done in a certain way. And only a rabbi could say, this beef is safe to eat. This beef is kosher. You know, this grain is kosher. Well, our rabbi is the Lord Jesus Christ. He's always been our rabbi. He's always been our master. And he has said, if it moves, it's food. If you can cook it, if you can eat it, if it's good for food, it has been cleansed. Praise the Lord. That's why we pray before we eat. We're sanctifying the food through the word of our rabbi in his name. Praise God. This is what Christ gave us, not only through the writing of the word, but now through his word spoken and us being obedient to the faith. That is how hopes and dreams are fulfilled through God. It is believing in not only what has been written, but what has been spoken. Praise God. The law of Moses did not direct Abraham. It was the word of the Lord and accomplished through Abraham's faith. Him and his wife were barren. But God said, I'm going to give you many descendants like the stars of heaven, like the sand of the sea. Abraham had no children. If he had no children, how could he see children? Abraham, God said, get out of your land and journey to a land that I will show you. Abraham was like a nomad. He had no home. He dwelt in tents and he comes in as a stranger in a foreign land. And God said, the wickedness of this land is before me and I'm going to establish it with you. He had no name there. He had no inheritance there, had no genealogy there. He had nothing there, but he came there on a word from God. Praise the Lord. Nobody knew the name of Abraham, but God said to Abraham, I will make your name great. You will have fame all throughout the world. And not only that, but I will bless them that bless you and I will curse them that curse you. Abraham came there with nothing. But God said, I will overshadow you, I will protect you, and I will watch over you. You know, Abraham could have said no to God. You know, it's not like God saying, whether you want it or not, I'm going to make you great. Whether you want it or not, I'm going to give you a lot of kids. Whether you want it or not, I'm going to give you a lot of land. You know what Abraham could have said? No to God's offer. And if he would have done that, would all have been fulfilled? Absolutely not. Matter of fact, if he would have said no, you and I wouldn't be here right now as spiritual descendants of Abraham. But because he obeyed the word of the Lord, he had descendants, he had great land, he became a great nation, he gained fame, he gained a great name. Many of his enemies were defeated and the blessings of God came to him because he had faith and his faith fulfilled the promises of God. Next week, Brother Bobby Wade is going to be with us. And if you were here the first time he was here with us for Summer Revival about four years ago, you remember the first message he ever preached to this church was about the miraculous birth of his daughter. He told the stories of sadly, tragically, the multiple miscarriages that him and his wife encountered, the death of their newborn infant son, So sad, such great loss. And his wife said to him that she was finished, that she was done. After having miscarriage, after miscarriage, after miscarriage throughout their marriage, she said, no more, I am done. But the Lord spoke to Brother Wade and said, no, you are going to have a child. And this next time that you all conceive, you are going to have a beautiful, healthy baby. The Lord spoke that to Brother Wade. And he told this story to this church. He said, in the sixth or seventh month of his wife's pregnancy, complications began to develop, and it looked like they had lost that child. And while his wife was there in the hospital, Brother Wade went up and took her by the hand. It looked like they were going to lose that child. But Brother Wade spoke to his wife and said, the Lord promised us that this is the child that this would be our baby and this baby would live and survive. That is what the word of the Lord said. I believe it and God is going to do it. And after they prayed and had a moment, the doctor came back in, examined Sister Wade and he said, I don't understand it. The complications are gone. All of the issues have disappeared. I don't understand this. You should not have a child right now. And with the help of the Lord and believing in his word, brother and sister Wade had a child. And that child is a teenage girl to this day. Praise the Lord. I was sitting over there and I observed brother Wade. That entire message, he just walked across this platform and across the front as he preached this message. And I watched at the close of the message, you could just feel the faith begin to move in this house. You could feel the holy conviction move upon us and the trust with Jesus. And I watched his brother Wade walk down this aisle and went up to a couple in our church that had just given birth to a stillborn baby. He then, and he just touched that couple. He then stepped across the aisle and touched another couple who had just miscarried. You know, the place was packed, 500 people in here. And he just goes to two couples right there and just touches them while he's preaching. He then walks down the front of this altar and walks all the way back to this section and touches another couple that was barren. And I just watched as that happened, and I thought, out of 500 people in this room, and he goes to the only three couples that have faced complications in bringing children into this world. I began to sob, I began to weep, and I said, Lord, I believe in you, and I believe that you're going to bless these couples with children. And when you know it, within one year's time, Brother Wade came back here. Amen. The Arnolds, the Santomaries, and the Ellis's all held in their arms. Beautiful children. Praise God. That is the power of the Word of God. When situations are impossible, the Word of God makes the impossible possible. The prophet foresaw that a virgin would conceive. Can you just imagine Isaiah saying, I believe Messiah is going to conquer. I believe Messiah is going to rule. But how in the world is he going to be born conceived of a virgin? There is no way that is possible. And even the angel of the Lord, Gabriel himself, descending from heaven, With the glory, the manifestation of God upon him, the radiance beaming from his countenance and his booming angelic voice said, you're going to have a son. And she said, how can this be? I don't have a husband. I know no man. Isaiah probably doubted it. Mary for sure doubted it. But God said it's going to happen. And if God said it's going to happen, you don't have to be concerned about it. You don't have to be worried about it. all God is saying is if you will believe my word, what is impossible can be possible because I spoke it into existence. That is faith. It is believing in what you cannot see. It is hoping for what doesn't exist in the very moment. You know, it's easy to believe God when things are good. Oh, yeah. I remember 2019 was a great year for us. We had our baby boy. I was the proud father of a son and the father of a beautiful toddler baby girl. This church was having revival. We were entering the year of 2020 vision Finishing strong, had kicked off. And I mean, the money was coming in and the miracles were happening. Jobs, new cars, new houses, everything was just exploding. We were baptizing people. We were praying people through the Holy Ghost. People were getting healed of their sicknesses. Devils were being cast out. I mean, we were packing this place out. We were going to be finishing strong, you know. And I'll never forget sitting by Sister Anna on New Year's Eve 2019. And she said, honey, what is wrong? And I said, nothing's wrong. She says, no, I know you well enough. What is wrong? And I said, that's the problem. Nothing is wrong. She said, what do you mean? I said, things are good. They're almost too good. And I know 2020 is an election year, but it's usually when things seem to be so good and so right, and now we all take ease and everything is wonderful, that is when we are shook up. That's just the way life is. I don't know how to explain it, but that is just the way God has constructed time. And sure enough, COVID-19 came. The lockdown came. The social distancing came. The hand sanitizer came, which is a good thing, by the way. The masks came. Oh, Lord. And the masks are trying, maybe, possibly, could be coming back. Hmm. I just felt all faith just go pssh, when I said that. <laughs> Those masks feel like the enemy, don't they? But God helped us the first time. He's going to help us the second time. Praise God. It was like we came into finishing strong. And it's like all of a sudden, God, COVID-19 is not supposed to happen during a building campaign. You know, miracles are supposed to happen. This is not working out. This is not the way it's supposed to be. And I remember COVID-19, it was like it just kind of zapped a lot of the momentum and the confidence, but just for a little bit. And we figured out God was with us because of the prophetic word. God said in 60 days, this church will regather. I remember when that word came to me, I didn't doubt God, but I just doubted me. And i Doubted in proclaiming those things. That's why I just kind of whispered it to a few people. And God's been helping me with that. But when you know it, God's word came to pass. And it's still coming to pass. But trouble can sometimes deviate you from believing in what God said would happen. You know, Abraham leaves his home. And in that journey, his father died. And when he finally gets to the land of Canaan, the land where he's supposed to have kids, the land where he's supposed to be great, you know what? Kids hadn't come yet. He's almost 100 years old. Him and his wife, you know, walking around with walkers. Hey, we're going to have kids, you know, right? That's right. That's right. God almost likes to make us laugh when it comes to miracles. He wants to do like the silliest things. Why? So that you and I cannot say that it was of man. But he fashions the miracles so that man can never get the credit. Praise God. That's why sometimes it takes a while, because God wants the credit. That's why he wants your faith, no matter how long it may be. And Abraham gets into the promised land the land where he would prosper, the land where he would be wealthy, the land where he would be blessed. But instead of being prosperous and great and everything growing, you know what happened his first year there? Famine. No crops. No rain. Famine. Next year, famine. Next year, famine. Next year, famine. The struggle was so hard and so real, he said, we have got to keep on moving. And he came down into Egypt, a foreign nation, a pagan nation, an oppressive nation. But wouldn't you know it, during that time, I don't have time to get into it. you got to go back and read it. God miraculously blessed Abraham with livestock. Miraculously blessed him with wealth while he was down there for a season and came back as one of the richest men in that land, settling back in the promised land. He could have gave up. He could have said, this is a land of famine. I didn't hear from God. God said, I'm going to go to a blessed place. Well, this ain't blessed. I'm going back to Ur of the Chaldeans. Oh, no, he said, we've got a little bit of a detour. We've got a little bit of a small journey, a little bit of sidestep, a little bit of, of a setback. But he never doubted the word of God and that he was where he was supposed to be. But he believed and he came out of it richer than what he was before. That is what faith will accomplish. Can you believe in the word of God when things don't look good? Can you continue to trust in the Lord with a mask on your face? Can you continue to trust in God with the threat of having to stick a needle in your arm? Can you continue to trust in the Lord sitting at your kitchen table, staring at the Zoom meetings day after day after day? Can you trust the word of God during this time? And if you can, all will be fulfilled. Can you say praise the Lord? Musicians, would please come. We need the word of God to be fulfilled. We need a great name. No other name is greater than the name of Jesus. And he has given us his name. And I want to see powerful things happen through that name. God has given us great land here as a church. For some of you, your personal land, your personal property. If God said you're going to own a home, mark it down. You're going to own a home. If God said you are going to sell your home, mark it down. God is going to help you sell your home. If God has said he is going to give you children, grandchildren, believe it and watch it happen. Maybe not natural children, perhaps spiritual children, disciples. It's going to happen. Greatness, blessing, all of these things. Abraham is our foundation. God appeared to pretty much all of us. If you're here and you're saved, you had a moment like Abraham. God said, I want you to leave your sin. I want you to leave where you're totally at right now. And I'm going to completely give you a new life makeover. That's why a lot of us lost our jobs. That's why a lot of us, things kind of collapsed in the first few years of our discipleship journey. Why is that? God wanted to completely erase what you made through this world and what the devil gave you. And he wanted to completely erase Remake to renew your life. God does things like that. And it's only accomplished through faith. I'm here to say faith. And I feel the Holy Ghost here right now. I had a book in my library that I'd kind of just sort of skimmed through. It's been in my library almost for 15 years. And I was looking at it the other day and I thought, you know what? I really need to read this book. It's a book called How High My Mountain by my great uncle, Carl Ballestero, a marvelous preacher and teacher of the word of the Lord. And he said in that book that early in his ministry, when he was a young evangelist, he and his family and another minister were driving in their car in the northwestern part of the United States. And they were on their way to a revival meeting when all of a sudden they came into a horrible, horrible snowstorm. He tried his best to navigate. He tried his best to drive. This was back before radios were in cars. This was back before they had, you know, cell phones with radars to track storms, all of that. You know, you just, you're walking out there into the unknown, right? And he tries to get through this snowstorm the best that he could in his old car, but he got stuck in the snow. He got out of the car. They're in a snowstorm. There's no hotels around. There's no people around. It's just him, his wife, his small children, another minister, family, all crammed there in that car in a blizzard. He got everybody out of the car and he said, we need God to move in this moment. God said, I'm supposed to go and preach this revival and this snowstorm is trying to stop me. We need the help of the Lord right now. And they all began to pray. At the end of their prayer, a man came walking out of the forest to the road and he said, How are you all doing? I see you're stuck there. He said, I happen to have some chains here I could put on your tires. It'll help you drive down the highway. And he had all the tools, he had everything just right there. And they watched as this man with a smile on his face jacked up the car, <laughs> put chains around the tires. And Brother Ballester just looked down at those chains and went around to thank the man, and the man mysteriously disappeared. Nobody knew where he went. All they knew is they've got chains on their tires. They got in that car and drove all the way to that revival meeting in the snow. Praise God. It doesn't just stop there. He said, when they pulled up into that church parking lot, you know who was standing right there in front of their spot? The very same man. He didn't have a truck. He didn't have a plane. He didn't have, it was like, how in the world did he get there? But he welcomed them there to that city. And he got down and took those chains off and mysteriously disappeared. Can I tell you the word of the Lord came to Brother Ballester and said, you're going to preach in this city and this church. And a horrible storm came. It looked like they would never get there. But because of faith, Brother Ballastero prayed and believed God that I am going to get there. And the Lord sent his servant, a messenger, an angel from heaven to help him along the way. If God said, I send you to a place, I order you to go where I want you to go. You're going to have a few bumps in the road. You're going to have a few storms come your way. You're gonna have a little trouble from your way, whether it may be of men, whether it may be of the devil, may well be of nature itself. It doesn't matter if God said, This is where I want you to be, this is where you're going. Go ahead and believe and watch God give you a miracle to help you give there. Praise God. That's the faith of Abraham. It was believing God's word through times of famine. It was believing God's word with the barren womb of his wife. It was believing God's word even though his nephew and the servants weren't getting along and he had to walk away and he had to watch Sodom burn. It was believing God's word even in the midst of a pagan nation called the Canaanites. It was believing God's word through death, through famine, through barrenness, through sorrow, wondering when God is going to fulfill his word. Even to the point of after his son that he loved was born, God said, I want you to give me your son. He said, my Lord, I've trusted you this long, but I don't know if I could even. He said, I've got to obey the word of the Lord. I've got to have faith. I've got to trust him. His word is a real thing. And he passed that test to the point of even having a knife up in the air ready to give his son to God. But the Lord said, there is a ram caught in that thicket. Praise God. That's the sacrifice. And you and I are wondering, how are we going to accomplish finishing strong? How are we ever going to get back to things being normal? How are we ever going to get back to our jobs? How are we ever going to get back to in-person this? How are we ever going to get back to just being able to breathe air freely without a mask? How are we going to be able to do this and that and the other? You know what God is saying? Trust my word. Have faith in my word. Because you know what? It was about 2,000 years later that the Lord Jesus Christ was on a cross that you and I should have been on. You and I should have been offered that day for the sins that we committed. But Jesus Christ, with the crown of thorns on his head, like the ram that Abraham saw, caught in the thorns. You and I, was he he was on that wooden cross, just like Isaac carrying the wood. Jesus fulfilled it all. He fulfilled all of the gaps. He fulfilled all the empty spaces of the law. Why? So you and I could leave this world and join him one day in New Jerusalem in heaven. There is sometimes heaven doesn't seem real because of the darkness of this world. Sometimes the promises of God seem to be no effect because of all the suffering and all of the pain. Oh, God is saying, can you trust me like Abraham did through a famine? Can you trust me like Abraham did in a barren time? Can you trust me like he did? That is the faith of our forefather. For some of you, you feel like maybe you didn't come from much. You feel like, as it were, cursed because of the sins and the decisions of your father and your grandfather and the forefathers. Can I tell you this? If you have been bought with the blood of Jesus Christ, you have been baptized in his name and filled with his spirit. You have been grafted into one of those nations and you are now a descendant of Abraham himself. I say unto you that you are blessed. I say unto you that your name is great. I say unto you that descendants are yours. I say unto you that blessings are yours and I say unto you that if an enemy comes against you against you that enemy is cursed if you've got faith in the word of the Lord tonight I invite you to stand right now and say Lord I believe it come on surely by now God has spoken to you a word or a promise surely by now God has said to you I've got this for you I've got that in store for you I want to give you this I want to give you that We're all a part of Finishing Strong, but what about the individual promises that God has spoken to you? Oh, what have you been doubting? Oh, God is saying if you will just have faith, it'll be fulfilled. I know you can't see it. I know it doesn't exist, but can you believe that it's possible? Can you believe that God can do it? That's how you move heaven. That's how you stir the spirit world. It's through faith, church. It's through faith. It's through faith. If you've got faith right now... I invite you to join me in this altar right now to believe God for Him. To seek for it. Hallelujah, will you believe? Will you believe? Don't let COVID-19 stir doubt. Don't let a mask mandate cause distrust. Don't let a vaccine shake you. Don't let the spirits of this world and the political turmoil and chaos distract you. God is greater than it all. His voice is greater than it all. Come on, Abraham. Come on, Sarah. Come on, Isaac. Come on, Jacob. Have faith, have faith, have faith. I know the Bible has said it. I know the word of the Lord has it, but what has God specifically spoken right now? It shall come to pass. It shall come to pass. Hallelujah.